Greetings to all of you out there. Today is November the 9th, 2021, and this is the Friendship News Hour presented to you by Bummer Dude Media. Blah, 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 blah. Frank and Alex, blah, 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 blah. What's up, man? Not much, dude. Uh, you're in a different location right now. Yes, I Work. am uh, coming to you live from the uh, kitchen of an Airbnb in North Sacramento. Oh, they put you up in Airbnbs for work, not not hotels? No, I was staying here for a week, so I wanted a uh, little taste at home, I guess. I don't know. It's easier to stay in an Airbnb, and uh, this was actually far cheaper than a hotel. Nice. I thought at first, I'm like, they got oh. this dude up in the Embassy Suites, or what, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you betcha. That's what's up. What are you up there for? Just meetings and shit? Yeah. Um, we have a big presence here in our company. Um, we have three sales reps each one of them with their own customers. So we're just going out, driving all up and down God's green earth um, here in Northern California. It's actually really beautiful up here, man. Like really beautiful. I need to go. Up, I've never been up, up like there. Uh, north of San Francisco between an hour to two hours, just rolling beautiful hills. You start getting into the mountains a little bit, lakes and just luscious, beautiful California that, uh, Nobody really, to my knowledge, especially down in South, nobody really knows about. So how far are you from like Redwoods Forest? Here are the two. I don't know, like uh, <laughs> probably like four hours, maybe. Nah, maybe not that long. Maybe like three hours. I'm not honestly too sure. Man, your state is so fucking big, man. It's crazy. It's giant. It's, God, it's, it's ignorantly crazy. big. Yeah. Like it's literally like from like the tip of Florida up to like the top of North Carolina. <laughs> Yeah. I feel like <laughs> I think it's like 16 hours from from uh god damn from tip to tip from tip to tip redwoods the fuck are the redwoods have you been to the redwoods never dude it's it's a life dream of mine I hope to do it someday and I have family in Sacramento so it's doable if, if it's like within three hours I'll make that drive that seems pretty that's reasonable to go see that oh yeah that's way up there is it within striking distance of like the Oregon border Oh yeah, it's right there. Um, oh, okay. So I am six hours away from the Redwood <sighs> National Forest, and you still have a solid hour before you get into Oregon. So you're it's six hours north of you, and how many hours north are you of San Diego? Ten. Oh my god. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Maybe I'll have to do the Redwoods. I'll do the Redwoods on an Oregon trip. Then I'll go to something like or more southern. Have you ever been to Oregon before? Never. Oh. I don't even think I've like flown in. Or anything. Really? I've only ever been there. Never gone to Portland? Never been to Portland. I don't have any plans to go to Portland. I highly recommend that you surprise Jacqueline one of these fine weekends. And if I was you, I'd fly up to Seattle and do like, maybe leave on like a Wednesday or a Thursday and hit Seattle. And it's like a four hour drive down to Oregon and you can go to Portland and it's, it's beautiful up there, dude. Like the, the hiking, the Pacific Northwest, like air or something. I don't know. It's like weird. It's like rainy kind of, but not like humid. And it's just, it, when we went, it was like fall. It was like cool, crisp. It was just nice, man. And it, it, beautiful hikes, good elevation, but it's not killing you. Like it's a Denver or Utah. It's just like nice sure. nature hikes. Yeah. Well, thanks for running the surprise. It's enjoyable, <laughs> but I highly recommend it, bro, because go up to Seattle. You'll see like the space needle, like Peg Market and like I have been to Seattle. I like Seattle quite. Okay, a bit. so you know Seattle, but but Portland is uh, it's similar, but it's different to me. I don't know. It's not so packed. Our Airbnb did overlook Mount Rainier, and it was beautiful. Oh, nice. Far as fuck away, but it's just that big of a mountain. 
Yeah, I see it. That's so, what's up. We haven't even talked about this yet this year, but I did want to ask you, and I, I couldn't bring myself to like bring it up to you last week because it just hurt so much. But Michigan Wolverines football, mm-hmm. how are how are you feeling about them going into the latter part of the season? We got Penn State this weekend. I think a Kate game in the middle, and then Ohio State. So we have like next two two three weeks make or break we still have a shot i think of making the finals but what do you think like our team's looking like how are you feeling about michigan mm. realistic i'm probably the the last person you should ask about about this yeah because i haven't watched any that michigan game against michigan state was the first one that i watched and i only saw the second half because the first half i was doing laundry oh okay that is that is the priority list of me in college football right now laundry <laughs> and then whatever whatever i can catch of the game after that um Dude, I don't know. I mean, they, and I lied. I've watched more Michigan football than that this year, but from what I've been able to see, to me, it just kind of comes down to coaching again, because they look like they have all the talent in the world and uh, quarterback play is really nice. And there's some questionable decisions. Who are they playing the week before Michigan state? Was it Northwestern? Yeah. I think it was Northwestern. Yep. They had goal to go first and goal and they uh, ran a pass play. And, and I think uh, uh, Cade McNamara fumbled or inter- threw an interception or something. But it's those kind of things that I see. It's like, what the? Yeah. Why would you ever? I mean, I don't understand how coaches can make such a simple decision so fucking complicated when you have goal to go. It doesn't make any sense to me. I think they only had like three yards to get. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. I just, I can't really trust uh, Jimmy in a big spot until he's really proven anything. So when we go to, are we, I don't even know if Penn, is Penn State at, at Penn State or is it? At Penn State, yeah. Yeah, so when we go to Happy Valley, dude, yeah, I I expect to lose that game. Yeah, sure. I don't know. They're, they've lost like... I think before last week, like three games in a row though. So they've like really fell off. So like, I'm hoping they're just like broken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It could be, we could steal one. Dude, but the big I, 10 I is know, tough man. this year. It is. But big 10 so is big, super tough. Big 10 came out yesterday though. The reason I kind of bring it up and said that in the Michigan, Michigan state game, like they admit that mistakes were made, like the fumble recovery that should have happened for a touchdown yeah. for Michigan. There's a cup. I feel like, and we were talking about it in text. I feel like every call went their way. Every, every challenge, every like close call, that. every yeah. what do it. And you don't want to be like a whiny bitchy Michigan fan or just like the losing fan, like blame on the refs, but damn bro, that shit hurt. <laughs> yeah. And I've been watching a lot this year. When it's glaring, it's glaring. I mean, you gotta, you yeah. kind of have to call it what it is. And they got hosed more than once. But all that said, I think we have a chance against Ohio State. It's the first time I've felt this way in so long, and I know they're going to break my heart, Frank. I well, know. thank God for Purdue, right? Purdue beats <laughs> Michigan State last week, and so yeah. now, now we're back in it. We still have a chance to 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 grab that that Big Ten title. So we'll see, man. Ohio State's playing Purdue this weekend. Are they? Yeah, so that's like Dude, shit. So since Ohio State has lost, they've been on a fucking tear, bro. I don't think they've had a close game since Oregon beat them week one mm-hmm. or week yeah. two. I forget what it was. But they look solid. They only won by eight or wait, nine points over Nebraska this week, though. That's not, it's nothing crazy. Big Ten's tough. Hey, Nebraska, no, Nebraska kind of sucks. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think when we played Nebraska, every single one of their losses has was against a top 25 team yeah and the, i'll say it again man the big 10 this year when when before michigan lost to michigan state there were four or five big 10 teams in the top 10 yeah mm-hmm. i think 
Yeah, Iowa was up there still. But Ohio State has a tough finish too, man. They they play Purdue this weekend. They play Michigan State next mm-hmm. weekend, and then then that's in in uh, Columbus, and then they go to Ann Arbor Saturday, November twenty seventh at eleven a.m. to play Hot Dog Michigan Wolverines, and we're gonna win. I'm telling you, I'm calling it now. November 9th, they're going to do it. It's going to be my 30th birthday gift. Do it for the skipper. That's right. What else is going on? What else is going on? Um, oh, dude, gas prices are crazy. I mean, we've all, we know that, but, but Christ almighty, man, they're in the fives up here. Oh my God. For real. Could you imagine? Yeah. They're in the fives. I heard, I saw something today about Biden might be closing another pipeline. Saw that too. Yeah, I don't. I didn't look crazy much into it, but it's like Jesus Christ. Why, of all times, why would you be doing that now? We need that. Not shit. <laughs> very long ago, we were the number one producer of oil in the world. Really, over like Saudi yeah. Arabia and shit through fracking. Uh, it's, it's not that we had the, the most reserves, but we were our biggest. We were our biggest oil supplier. Basically, we were self sufficient. Now it go, it went by the wayside due to environmental regulations and you know you're going to have a freaking conference in in Scotland about it and have Obama up there and talk and you know good luck with any of that man i don't even know i don't even know if, if another republican came into into power they could do anything like what trump was doing again but you know i, I think there needs to be a realization there needs to be some sort of come to god moment with uh environmentalists and there's a fight even happening here in California where you have one environmental agency, the California Air Resources Board, saying, we need to go renewables now. Renewables now, right? What are renewables? Renewables are electricity, hydrogen, and renewable diesel. Okay? Mm-hmm. Those three. In order, to, in order to use those forms of fuel, you need the, the vehicles for which the fuel can go into. And they don't have it. Yeah. So... You have another environmental agency, and these are the the air quality management districts, and every county has one. And the head of these sent a big scathing letter to California Air Resources Board, and they said, hey, listen, assholes, we don't have the vehicles. Even if you wanted everybody to go renewable, even if you mandated it by law, you couldn't place the orders for vehicles. It just doesn't exist. But here's what we do have. We have CNG, compressed natural gas, and liquid natural gas. And these things cut carbon emissions by 90%, right? So yeah, are there still carbon emissions? Yes. Is it not completely carbon neutral? No, but it's far better than the alternative, which is gasoline and, and regular diesel. And we can bridge a gap because we have we have vehicles you could place right now, $100,000 uh, trucks if you wanted to that run off CNG or, or LNG. And so I think we need that sort of merger here. Like, listen, this isn't a long-term solution, but if we want to bridge the gap from where we are now to where we want to be, which eventually was, is, you know, renewable energy, zero carbon emissions. I think that is an admirable goal, but you have to look at the situation plainly and be like, dude, we can't, we can't as a country suffice by relying on imported oil so that when something like this happens, we have absolutely no help from the government to open the floodgates and relieve a little pressure. Mm-hmm. If I lived in Sacramento, I would go put twenty bucks in the gas uh, uh, the gas station right now, and I'll get four four gallons of gas. Remember when twenty bucks used to fill you up? Yeah, dude. Dude, what crazy. the fuck? I filled up for like sixty dollars the other day. I was like, what? Outrageous, what? man. Outrageous. Yeah, getting taken advantage of. I feel like, bro. And uh, you know, I don't know, man. There's there's a whole whole lot of angles you could take with this. I, yeah, I hear a lot of people 
that, that say like, uh, oh, like it's your fault. Like, if you, you know, you should not buy such a gas guzzler or you should do this, that, and the other. It's like, dude, this is hitting everybody yeah. hard, hard. It's hitting everybody. I saw Biden's approval is down to like 38% right now. I heard something like that. Yeah. That's wild. That's I heard something like low. that. And like, uh, I think, I think Kamala is at like 28% or something. Yeah, bro. That's crazy. Yeah. How do you fight that? Uh, get a little more efficient. <laughs> they just passed that one bill and I guess good for you. I don't know. But as things continue to hurt you and I and everybody else who is a consumer like us or, uh, you know, just a regular working person, just somebody trying to make a life. Uh, as, as long as we keep getting hit in the wallet, those approval ratings are going to continue to go down 100%. Um, it says the lowest Trump's ever dropped to is 34% right before he went out of office, like in December and, and January. Oh, yeah. Well, we knew what he was doing then. Yeah, that but he's four <laughs> points off of that. That's crazy. I felt like the Trump, the hate for Trump was like way. I felt like I, you felt that more publicly, but like, I, I don't know. Do you think people are, are getting like wise to the I bullshit? I hope so. I hope they're just, yeah, they're seeing through the bullshit, man. Like it's a bunch of promising and not delivering. And now you literally have the executive office, the Senate and the House, and you're not doing shit still, bro. Like you can't get your act together. It's it's crazy. Joe Manchin keeps fucking with him, bro. It's hilarious. Yeah, it'd be great if they could do like literally anything. I mean, again, they passed <laughs> that infrastructure bill, but you know, he, he, he tried to go, uh, I think it was last week. He tried to go to, um, to Democrats and he was like, look, we need to pass this bill because, uh, you know, if not, this is my presidency, this is the house, this is the Senate. And everyone was kind of like, um, I don't know, buddy, you might be on your own. And, um, you know, it, it sucks because I remember watching this, um, uh, this little, this documentary on, uh, on Bill Clinton and for his, flaws, tremendous politician. Really? I actually really, 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 really like Bill Clinton, the president, the politician, because hmm. he was a motherfucker in that, in that Oval Office, man. He was there to work and he was there to get shit done. And it was kind of cool to see. So I remember they're, they're, they're going through this documentary and they're, they're bringing you through his first term in office. And they were basically saying, Hey, look, you know, when you get elected, you have a moment where you have political capital that it's at its highest. And you need to spend it wisely because if you swing for the fences and you miss on some policy, you're trying to pass some bill or something, then that political capital is spent. And now you're left pretty much like a wounded deer out there. Right. And now you have to start from, from, from scratch, start from zero. And so Obama was able to get it done with, 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 uh, the, the Obamacare. Uh, Obamacare and, and it killed bin Laden too. That's, yeah, that's true too. You know, I, I don't know that that Trump had anything, any crowning achievement uh, of his presidency from a policy perspective, because everything was done more or less from an executive, uh, like like an executive order standpoint. So the next guy can just come in and reverse all of that immediately. Mm -hmm. But what Biden's trying to do here is he's trying to set himself up for the you know for the next run, and it's not going to be him. Whoever it is that runs after him. You know, he's trying to set up the party. Like, hey, check it out. This is what we got done. This is how we led. And I think, hey, you know, you, you see what you get when you elect a dead man. You know, mm -hmm. the guy is barely cognizant. The, the White House has to fight to hide all of his flaws. And, you know, behind the scenes, freaking guy, you know, can't get anything done. 
I saw a video of Alex Jones talking about him, saying like how he's fully gone and like they're not reporting it, but this dude's like walking around the White House at four in the morning, not knowing who he is and shitting himself. <laughs> then he's like shit himself in meetings with like presidential leaders across the country and shit. And I'm just like, Alex Jones has some crazy shit, but I, <laughs> I could see that one, bro. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, man. Probably shot up with all kinds of drugs and shit just to look alive. Like he always has that weird thing. For sure. You know what I really think is, and and it was said by a lot of people when it happened that he couldn't recover from it. But but Afghanistan, man, I think that really just yeah kind of cemented him in the shit. That's true. That was like the turning point. You're right. Yeah, dude, because that's when that's when everybody started with those fuck Joe Biden chants. That's when all that started because mm-hmm. there was and still are Americans in Afghanistan that weren't able to get out, and it was completely botched, and <laughs> we lost soldiers, and our response was to kill. 10 innocent Afghans. And so, yeah, dude, I don't know. How do you, how do you recover from that? Where do you you go from there? I don't have an answer and I don't think they do either. Um, and it blows, man, it blows because here's the thing. I didn't vote for him. I don't particularly agree with his policy decisions. And I think they're starting to bear some pretty nasty fruit, but I don't root for his failure. I would love him for, for him to succeed. Whatever way that manifests itself. I think if a president is successful, it's, certainly the best case scenario than if he is a complete and total failure, just on the whole. Who would you say is our last successful president then? Dude, honestly, I don't like, I don't know because, uh, like was Clinton successful? Like as a politician, I don't really, I haven't been paying attention all that much. I think he was, I think from what I could tell, you know, he was tremendous. He was able to get a lot of shit done. And that's back when you could be a moderate Democrat, right? Like he, he, he ran on securing the border and, um, you know, a lot of like what now would be considered like far right, uh, policies. Yeah. Bush. I don't know. I don't know much about what he did, but I wouldn't classify him as a successful president. Not in the least. I think, I think only because of, of the war that we got into, you can't ever, I don't think if, if you do something as egregious as what we did in Iraq, not Afghanistan, Afghanistan, I get whatever, go to Afghanistan, do what you got to do. If you fail, you fail, but you're there for a reason. What we did in Iraq was just ridiculous. And and all of it now that we know was built on lies and all of Afghanistan we know is built on lies. So yeah, President Bush, absolutely not. I think Obama also was a guy that was interested in getting things done. But again, I don't, I don't know much about his presidency to say one way or the other. I think you could call it successful, like, because the healthcare thing is big. Yeah, but what did it do? What did it do? Are we better off from a healthcare perspective? I don't know much about the healthcare system for like like inner city people as much what it was before Obama. You know what I mean? Like I I get the idea and I agree that like it should be free market, but I think there should be like some kind of like basic program offered. And it, it, I, my guess is that whatever that basic program was for people wasn't enough. And with you know Obamacare, at least they have something. And I think that should be like an option. But I don't see why you wouldn't be able to pay more for better healthcare and why that like why that idea for a healthcare system doesn't make more sense. Right. Well, it doesn't make sense to just to straddle the line and either we go one way or the other, right? Like, like pick a side and choose it and do that, but don't straddle the fence because what you get is the shit. It's a law to have healthcare. Now we're arguably sicker than we've ever been. And the care that we need is no more accessible than it has ever been. And it may be further out of reach. The one I would say if there was one thing about his presidency that I, I would consider a complete and total failure on every level is bailing out wall street and yeah. bailing out the banks. Mm-hmm. I think that is 
an unforgivable sin in my book. Mm-hmm. You're, you're fucking with principles that are far bigger than you and far bigger than one administration. And um, I've said it before on the show, I would never want to be tasked with that decision because it's not, you, you can't win, but he chose one that would minimize damage. And I think that was a weak choice. Because if you're in that position, you need to make very, very tough decisions. And the decision to bail out banks, the decision for a company to be too big to fail really just shows that we're not, we're not a sovereign nation. We are 100% run by corporations. And the whole idea of like death and rebirth in a capitalistic society is crucial to the whole ecosystem. It's like allowing wildfires in nature to happen. They're absolutely necessary, but they're devastating at the same time. It's the same exact principle. So I think that was, that was an abomination. I, I really think that was like one of the worst decisions that anybody who's been in leadership has made uh, in a very, very, very long time. And if you pay attention to all to what our Federal Reserve is doing, the Fed is out of fucking control. It's just it's just on a track right now that's unprecedented, and it's it's very it's very scary. I know this is not like super juicy, fun, exciting <laughs> material to talk about the Fed, right? Like, go look at the Fed. Everybody freak the fuck out. Look, I know you're not going to do it because even if you did, you may not even understand it. I don't even understand it. But what they are doing is not good. It's not good. And they're t- like, it's just another way for a bureaucracy to take control. And so love them, hate them, whatever. You know, he was, he was a, a masterful politician, incredibly bright guy. And I think, you know, one of those guys where it's like, yeah, you know, maybe he didn't do the greatest job, but that motherfucker was qualified to be there. And sure. yeah. I think he earned every one of the votes that he got. So, but for that reason, you know, whatever Trump, that's a tough one for me. Cause I, on the surface, like on the surface, he was like a failure, but then also I think he was like super necessary at the same time. I hear you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He, he was what we deserved. That's for sure. For sure. But I feel like he was like that kick in the ass to a lot of people like, yo, cannot let corporations run this shit. And we, you, you know, we need like his idea of drain the swamp, you know, as much as he drove that in the ground and made it like campy or whatever, like that idea is, is smart. You know, he might not have been the one to convey the message the best way, but he, he did do get it, it across. In, in practice. I mean, he freaked, yeah. he borrowed as much or more as Obama did, man. Like we're in way more debt because of the Trump presidency, whether anybody else would have done different, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I mean, the messaging was on brand, but the messaging was just that. It was messaging. And, you know, to be honest with you, I think he, I mean, I don't think I know. He was a very weak leader. Yeah. He had absolutely no leadership characteristics whatsoever. And when he allowed for, maybe not allowed for it, but when he didn't stand up, when he, when he basically like abandoned the people that, were arrested on January 6th for me was like, all right, this guy is the biggest piece of shit ever Mm. because although there were people that needed to be arrested, there was a lot of really, really fucked up shit that was going on with these people that were arrested. Um, and even though, and he was deplatformed and all that, but he stayed radio silent. Like there's really no record of him like sticking up for these people. It's like, listen, those other fuckers were like your, core. You're number one. They literally went to bat for you. 
And a lot of them were treated incredibly unfairly after they got arrested for doing very, very like, like not, maybe not innocent stuff. I'm not talking about the guys that you saw on TV or the dude up there with face painted and the spear and all that and headdress and all that shit. I'm talking about people who are just like walking around the vicinity that got arrested and that were kept in prison for a long time. I mean, he completely just abandoned it. That's to me is weak. You're a weak person. If you do that, you know, there's innocent people that need stood up for, and they were there for you and they were there because of you. And if you're not going to stand up for those people, then yeah, like you just cemented that you've just told everybody that you don't really care and you're just there for yourself. And that's not anything we need to prove out. We knew that through four years of him in office, but I did think he did a lot of good. Yeah. So I, I think we agree on this. Who's the greatest U.S. president of all time? A one Abraham Lincoln. Yes, sir. The state of Illinois. Yes, sir. We should do an episode on him. He deserves I love it. him. He I deserves love him. much more, but he's also a vampire slayer too, which is cool. Yeah. That's a multifaceted man. Yeah. <laughs> um, Very talented. Got to get to this, man. This is a, a huge story. By now, everyone's heard about it. Um, it's 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 sad. It's really sad to hear about. But uh, last Friday, Houston native Travis Scott put on a music event at Energy Park in Houston, Texas, called Astro World Festival. Uh, it's the same facility where both the Astros and the Texan stadiums are. It's like a huge event space, multiple stadiums, and a big like open area. Uh, there were fifty thousand people in attendance for the festival's first of two scheduled nights. Right around 9 p.m., Travis went on stage, and it caused a huge surge towards the front. Uh, an eyewitness account describes the scene, saying, Once one person fell, people started toppling like dominoes. It was like a sinkhole. People were falling on top of each other. There were layers of bodies on the ground, like two people, maybe three people thick. We were fighting to come up to the top and breathe to stay alive. These huge pileups all, all over the place, uh, with people and mass chaos resulted in eight deaths, 25 serious hospitalizations, and over 300 injuries. Uh, 13 people still remain hospitalized as of like this evening. Uh, this happened like five days ago now. Uh, among the hospitalized is a nine-year-old boy named Ezra Blunt, who was in critical condition with severe organ damage. Ezra was on his father's shoulders at his very first concert when the initial rush occurred. His father passed out from the loss of oxygen and the heat, and Ezra was thrown to the ground and trampled. Uh, another among the hospitalized is 22-year-old Barty Shahani, a senior at Texas A&M, who has been declared brain dead due to her injuries. She is being kept alive by a breathing machine currently. The eight people that have died already because of this tragedy range from ages 14 to 27 and were from all over the U.S. Day two of the festival obviously was canceled right away. There's additional reports that have claimed that around the same time Travis went on stage, a crowd member began sticking people with syringes, and they began to pass out, some going into cardiac arrest. Uh, this is being investigated currently by the Houston Police Department, and now even the FBI have gotten involved as this like whole thing just continues to spiral. Initial reports claim that Houston PD was made aware of the mass chaos and fatalities early on in Travis's set. They declared this a mass casualty event like over the radios, uh, and they made Live Nation, who was hosting the event, aware about like 15 minutes or so into Travis's set. Allegedly, this information was passed along to Travis and his team, who then proceeded to perform for 37 more minutes. While ambulances tried to push their way through the mass of people and crowds and trained paramedics did their best to save lives, Travis continued to perform and his girlfriend Kylie Jenner was even posting pictures like on Instagram and shit where you can like clearly see like huge crowds, ambulance in the middle. Just weird. I, I don't know why. 
like how you how you can't tell something's happening, especially if that information's been conveyed. Before the paramedics arrived, there are allegations that many of the medical staff on hand were untrained and had zero clue what they were doing. They could be heard yelling out to the crowd for assistance with fallen concert goers, asking for help performing CPR and looking for doctors. Some reported to even just say fuck this and walk off and like quit their jobs and just bail. As of this afternoon, there have been 18 lawsuits brought forward uh, and many more to come. Event organizer Live Nation has been named as a defendant in all but one of these suits, while Travis Scott was named in most of them as well. Others named were people and organizations involved in the concert, including Energy Stadium, event promoter Scoremore, and the rapper-actor Drake. A criminal investigation is also ongoing as the authorities looked for the alleged syringe user, and also they're concentrating on Travis himself, as this is not the first time he's been involved in an incident like this, although it's the worst for sure. Scott is famous for encouraging fans to ignore security and crowd surf and stage dive in the mosh pits below him. A commercial for this year's Astroworld event, since removed from YouTube, shows fans breaking through barricades and storming the concert grounds uh, back at the same event in 2019. In 2015, Chicago officials said Scott encouraged fans at the Lollapalooza Music Festival to vault security barricades. The rapper was sentenced to one year of court supervision after pleading guilty to reckless conduct charges. In 2017, Scott was arrested after he encouraged fans to bypass security and rush the stage during a concert in Arkansas, leaving a security guard, a police officer, and several others injured. Scott faced several misdemeanor charges, including inciting a riot, and he pled guilty to disorderly conduct and paid a fine only for this. Uh, he's also currently being sued by another concert goer who says he was partially paralyzed when he was pushed from a third-story balcony at a New York City concert in 2017, uh, an incident the man happened right after Scott encouraged people to jump. So just just wild, man. Like This is not like some new thing. This is like a... a aura or or just like a energy of, that he brings to the concerts and and that some even like expect at this point uh i've been going to metal edm and rap concerts my entire life these events do get rowdy from time to time but this behavior is never ever okay i can't tell you how many metal shows i've gone to where people will fall in the pit and other concert goers like go they surround them and they'll help them get to their feet you know before carrying on and doing what they're doing um there's literal mosh pit surges called the wall of death where like right down the middle of a mosh pit people will split and then they'll like run at each other right before a breakdown or whatever and then you start they're dancing in the middle whatever i've seen this shit happen tons of times and people get picked back up like shit's it's not a problem like people aren't there to like hurt people and have shit like this happen like it, it should never happen and it shouldn't be promoted by or encouraged by like the person who's the lead performer up there like that just he's you're gonna incite riots and shit like this is gonna happen uh we we see this tra with travis we see this with playboy cardi a bunch of other people it needs to stop uh <laughs> I, th I thought this was funny just like the conspiracy theorists and me uh conspiracy theorists are pointing to the event as being a satanic ritual and a blood sacrifice uh, there are many videos going around on the internet, especially on TikTok, like painting this picture, giving all these facts and like drawing crazy conclusions, uh, which TikTok is like trying to remove with haste. But I, I saw them. I thought they were funny. I just thought I'd mention them. Some theorists pointed to when you walked into the concert, you had to like walk. Have you seen the Astro World cover? You know what it looks like, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's got the big mouth. And so you walk through something like that. But they're, they're saying it was like a huge flaming sculpture of a skull adorned with Scott's trademark dreadlocks at the entrance. There was a video that was super kind of weird and freaky. And it's like it's it's you see Travis Scott and he's like watching and performing with like that like the, the, the humming that he does, like the auto tune humming shit. And, and he's like he, he's watching people as they're getting moved off on like stretchers and shit, just humming, doing his thing and just performing. And then he starts doing the robot and shit. It's like you saw what was happening and allegedly 
allegedly your people were told like what happened. It's mm. so, like, how are you just watching that? So people are saying that's tied to it. Um, the stage itself was an upside down cross and the, the backdrop was like a mountain with like an eye at the top and like a portal, which people are saying was a portal to hell. And there's even hashtags on videos, hashtag save the children, which is like a QAnon <laughs> conspiracy theory that is alleging that celebrities and politicians run sex trafficking rings that harvest children's blood. Um, the, th the theories go on. It's pretty crazy. Um, but as the situation continues to develop, I'm sure we'll hear more and more. Travis has already publicly come out and, you know, shared his grief and his sorrow for the incident, although he did not apologize. That's probably for illegal reasons, because he would lose every one of those lawsuits if he started apologizing, I believe. He announced that all tickets will be refunded. He will be providing counseling for all the victims. Uh, Roddy Rich came forward, said he announced his check from the event will be donated entirely to all their families. Travis backed out of his headlining performances for Day in Vegas next week. He's going to be replaced by Post Malone. He's still scheduled for Coachella in April, uh, although there's a petition going around already uh, to remove him from the lineup, and it has like over 22,000 signatures as of right now. Pretty wild, though, man. It's the sixth deadliest U.S. concert ever. And um, I, I don't yeah, know, dude, man. I think Travis Scott's dusted. You think he's done? Um, yeah, for sure. Dude, okay, you brought up a great point. I was 15 years old, about to turn 16. Mm -hmm. I went on a Friday night to uh, go see the Ataris. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. You know who they are, right? Yeah. They got the best cover of Boys of Summer, bro. I can't see they really? you. <laughs> the Ataris? That's what you're saying? Yeah. 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 They're great. Yeah. Yeah. So I go to see them on a Friday night with my cousin. He's in town from Pennsylvania. He says, hey, man, you want to go see the show at the House of Blues? I was like, yeah, dude, let's go. Yeah. It was fun. People jumping around. It was a great time. Next day, he calls me. He goes, hey, man, you trying to go see a show at the Soma? It's like, yeah, sure. Why not? He's all right. Hey, it's not the Ataris. This is completely different. You sure you're down? I was like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so show up. It's suicide silence. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's a big difference. 16. I've never <laughs> been privy to any of this shit ever in my life. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. So the show starts and I'm like, just like, just wide eyed, like, holy <laughs> fuck. What, where am I? What am I doing here? Yeah. Right. I'm looking at people in the middle of the floor of the concert and they're like just going around arms swinging, just fucking no holds barred. And everyone who doesn't want to be a part of that in the pit is standing on the sides and they got their arms up like this in front of their face. In case somebody comes around, yep. swings, it hits their arms, so it hits their face. And I was like shook, but then, you know, it wore off and we continued to go to shows. And the more I went to these shows, the more I felt comfortable with what was going on in the middle of this pit. And the reason I felt comfortable is because as soon as anything happened, everybody took their attention immediately to what was going wrong and fixed it. Yeah. Somebody falls down, pick them up immediately. Those are the rules. Everyone knows the rules. And for this kind of shit to have happened, oh man, I don't know. Like it just like it, fucking like boils my blood sometimes think about it. Cause it's just like pure ignorance, right? It's just like pure, like I'm going to go do this thing. And I don't give a fuck what happens. Just complete ignorance on everybody's part. And it's very frustrating. And it's not the fact that it just happened. It's provoked right. by the performer. Exactly. Like, that's a problem. <laughs> you know, it's not like Travis exactly. saying, go kill these people, but like the shit you're saying and, and 
like promoting at your concerts is now leading to this. Like who would have thought? I guess at its most innocent, it would be Travis Scott encouraging his fans to break whatever rules exist at his concert. And the rules are not many, right? A concert is about as free of a place as you can be, especially if you're in the pit, you can do whatever you want, given that, you know, it, it, it fits the criteria. I remember one time I went to go see pepper. They're a <laughs> nice, they're, they're just a, like a ska, like rock band. Right. Yeah. I'd never seen them before. They're one of my favorite bands of all time. Never seen them before. I fly down from San Francisco to, to go with Michael. We both drink three, uh, mana rays, double IPAs, 10%. We're mm. fucked. And we go into this concert, Pepper comes on and I lose my shit. It's one of my favorite bands. Never seen them live. I'm going nuts. I'm jumping around. I'm bumping into people. Security guard comes up to me, grabs me by the shirt. He goes, you need to calm the fuck down. Cool. I didn't read the room. That wasn't what was going down. If people are in front of you moshing and you want to join in, by all means, get in there, get physical. The only rule is you just don't go on stage. There's a barrier between the stage and the pit. And there's people that work security there for the safety of the performer and for the safety of the audience. Those rules are there for a reason. And he's, I think at the most innocent, he's just saying, Hey, just break these rules, whatever you're here to have a good time. Fuck the system, fuck the man, whatever. Yeah. I can appreciate that. When you get into like these conspiracy theories, I don't, I don't have a, there's like always that old thing about Ouija boards. You ever hear that thing about Ouija boards? You shouldn't play with Ouija boards because you're inviting something that you don't know into mm. where you're at. Sure. Like you may not believe in it. You may believe in it, but you're inviting it anyways. You're opening yourself up to it. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to have a stage that has all of these crazy subliminal messages, I mean, it's like one subliminal message is a conspiracy, but when you have like all of these subliminal messages that are going on on the stage at one time, like you're just inviting that thing. You may think it's innocuous. You may think it's innocent. You may think it doesn't matter. Nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with you doing it. You're just whatever. But if, if those symbols have a, a, uh, have an attached meaning directly to something sinister and something evil and something that means death and that symbolizes all these fucked up things. I mean, it's like, why would you even invite that? Like that to me just seems like, oh, well, you put it up and you got what you were trying to convey. So, I mean, like, should it be a shock to anybody? You are what you surround yourself with. I, I so firmly believe that, man. I agree with that hundred percent. With all these rappers, like a juice world, you talk about doing drugs and overdosing and dying all the time. And then what the fuck happened? You know what I'm saying? All these people, like it, yeah, you man. are what you surround yourself with, man. That's all I can yeah, say. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, and, 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 and I think the worst part about it is that like that expression is seen by many as a positive thing. Yeah. Right. Counterculture, what, whatever you want to call it, that, the you know, the antithesis of, of what it means to conform or for what it means to be uh, part of general society, what, what, whatever it is that you want to rail against that is seen as a positive, especially within the youth. And it's always been that way. Always. I think this kind of event happened at a, at a, the who concert. Did. Back in the seventies, Cincinnati, Ohio, is that where it was at? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, th- like this isn't a new thing, um, but and and then that idea of like of rebellion is not a, is not a new thing at all. But like s- like certainly, I think there needs to be a a, a, a a like a slight more positivity surrounding this kind of thing. You know, like 
when I heard about this event, I placed myself in the event because it's something that I'm familiar with. It's something that I can envision pretty clearly, right? Having been to events kind of like this and seeing, and I can just, I, it just like, it makes you like shudder because anybody, I think, I feel like there's a lot of people who are your and I age who can also place themselves in that, in that position and, 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 and understand that that wave of humanity coming all towards one end with no release. Like, I think every, I think there's a lot of people who can envision that and just envisioning that, that being trapped. And and that's the way that you go. And, 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 and more than that, nobody cares in the moment, even though there's people alerted to it, even though people know, even though you were alerted by the chief of police before your show, before you went on, even though all of yeah. those things happen and it still happened. And, and like, dude, like it just, um, just, oof, man, I don't know. Legally, what it's going to come down to is if, if they can prove that he was actually made aware, because that's allegedly is what they're saying is that that Live Nation informed him during a set. It's like if he found that out and kept performing. I think it's a fact, though, that the chief of police alerted him to the danger of him going on before he went on. Yes, for sure. I I don't know, man. I, I, I don't see any way where he doesn't go down for this. Like how... Agreed, dude. Well, how could know. you not, man? Who's going to want to work with him? Fortnite, they removed him from the whole thing. They had like a big partnership, took him right off the platform. Dude, I've seen testimonies of, of people who were there and they were like, yo, you couldn't find a bigger Travis Scott fan. The past six, eight years, he was everything to me. And after this, I will never listen to a single song of his again. And not because of what happened, like exactly, but because of how they felt about him like before this was even like no they were like dude just just the way i felt at this concert the way that i felt seeing him perform the way that i felt about everything that was going on like i hated all of it and i will never listen to a single song of his again and i thought that was pretty crazy yeah you know i, I thought that was pretty wild that this guy aren't pretty strong man i knew a guy who who had a cheeseburger thrown at him by him <laughs> wait a second by by travis scott somebody he threw travis scott threw a cheeseburger at somebody you know yeah yeah he worked oh, in a studio huh. with him and yeah i guess he was just a huge bitch um, and then his first manager said that like he left and there's other people that said this happened too, but like he had a, a stroke or a seizure mm. in a studio, like in a basement studio and Travis just ghosted him, left him there. Um, he's got a lot of weird shit, man. A lot of, a lot of people say a lot of not great things about him, like just as, a, as a dude. So I, I don't know who's to say that sucks. That sucks. Um, for a lot of people involved. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I just feel terrible for those families, man. Like that, that kid, How that nine year old kid. How could you not? Like, oh, first concert. It's rough. <sighs> but it's rough, man. Yeah. It's the news. I'm sure it's going to keep evolving. We'll see. I, <laughs> there's going to be so many more lawsuits. You have to imagine. I am scanning my brain for something far more lightheaded. Yeah. <laughs> lighthearted, excuse yeah. me. Yeah. Um, I would like to be more lightheaded right now. It's got to be some good news. I saw, I saw Vin Diesel reach out to The Rock about coming back to Fast and Furious franchise. Ah, it was sorely needed. <laughs> I saw Kanye re- extended some kind of olive branch to Drake, asking him to perform with him on December 7th for uh, to free Larry Hoover. Thank him, Big Meech. That's what's up. Um, free the man. Why not? He was set up, dude. Free him. I'm serious. That's not a joke. That's yeah. real shit. He was set up. I mean, he did the things that he's convicted of for sure. But if it were not for American spy agencies, he's not Larry Hoover like we know him now. So free the man. Yeah. 
the same thing as uh, the uh, uh, plot to, to kidnap Gretchen uh, Whitmer. Mm-hmm. Had it not been for the FBI, there is no plot to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer. Free those people. Free Larry Hoover. 100%. And it sounds like he's he's making amends. It sounds like he's trying to um, you know, do as many positive things as possible in his position. It does. Um, yeah. He just, he started one of the biggest gangs in Chicago. So it's, I don't know. I, I think he should be freed though. hundred percent. You want to hear uh, some, some uh, interesting contradictions here or yes. some interesting uh, comparisons. Yes. Here is a, a list of um, the most popular news topics in the United States, October, 2020 versus October, 2021, October, 2020. Number one, Trump. Shocker. 2021, coronavirus. And then number two for both years is flipped. So <laughs> October 2020 is coronavirus. October 2021 is Trump. So they take the two spots respectively for each year. But then it goes here. I'm going to read down from 2020. It goes Biden, George Floyd, White House, football, racism, Supreme Court, Amy Coney Barrett, Cowboys. 2021 is NFL. Football, ESPN, Houston, Astros and Texans, Capital, Las Vegas, John Gruden Raiders, Vaccine, San Francisco, 49ers Giants. A lot of a lot of sports. Mm-hmm. A lot of sports. It's all we got. When yeah, pretty much <laughs> keeps sports us and happy. Trump. <laughs> sports and Trump and coronavirus. That's all we talk about. It's sad. Sports do bring me joy though. One of the few things. And my family. Right. You know what? My family and exercise. So go get some of that. Yeah, do get some of that. Um do have a HBO suggestion for you for uh, please, 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 please. You need to watch the show Succession. Is that with um what's his name from Super Troopers? The uh the chief? Is that Brian Cox, the old guy? That's him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it He's is. In that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh really good show though. I think you'd really, really like it. Like a business family dynamics it's really good. It's, it's got like fun, fun situations and drama. That's yeah. all I want to tell you. Um, that guy just show. came out with a book and I think he shit on everybody. Really? Yeah. About what? He talked shit about like, uh, Johnny Depp basically said like, he's like super shallow and doesn't have any depth. Um, he doesn't like Michael Caine. Really? really like Michael Caine. Wow. Michael Caine. He also took shots at David Bowie, I think. I think they asked him about it. He goes, he's uh, not a particularly good actor, but he's like, he's like, he made a better singer than actor. That's for sure. He didn't, he doesn't like Quentin Tarantino. He was all like Percy about Quentin Tarantino. Um, And I don't know, a couple other things. He's fantastic in the show, bro. Uh, Is he? Macaulay Culkin's brother's in it. Kieran. Macaulay Uh, Culkin has a brother that's an actor. Dude, he looks just like him. The first time I saw him, I'm like, he has to be related. Or I thought it was him at first. Look him up, though. He just hosted SNL like a year or a week or two ago. Did he really? Yeah. Damn, dude. That's how far out I am on pop culture shit. <laughs> uh, but, dude, yeah, whole cast. Really, really good. You'd, you'd like that show, though, I, 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 would, uh, I would imagine. He looks just like Macaulay Culkin. Doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Oh, man. Well, you know what? There's something that Macaulay Culkin actually has nothing to do with, Frank. Michael Jackson. That is a lot more debatable. One thing that I can tell you he's not affiliated with at all that I know about is Gun Barrel Coffee. But drinking a good smooth cup of coffee is a treat all by itself. 
But you can do that and help American heroes like veterans and first responders can make your day that much better. And I think Macaulay Culkin would agree. Gunbrow Coffee is proud to donate $1 from every single item purchased to veterans and first responder charities all across our great country. Uh, they offer 14 different blends and roasts, which you can get in whole bean ground or single serve pods. And right now, you can, as a friend of our ship, you can use the promo code FNH10 and you will save 10% at checkout when you buy their products at gunbarrelcoffee.com. Gun Barrel Coffee. Damn good coffee. Damn good cause. It's the read. It's the read. Go on and reach us uh, if you'd like. And um, you can find us on Twitter, uh, FriendshipNH. And you can find us on Instagram and on TikTok at Friendship News Hour. And you can send us emails, bummerdude.media at gmail.com, bummerdude.media at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.